helping students and healthcare professionals not just survive, but thrive with a purpose. This is the CMDA Student Pulse Podcast with your host, Bill Reichart, National Director of CMDA Campus Ministries. Well, welcome to another episode of CMDA Student Pulse Podcast. I'm Bill Reichert, National Director of Campus and Community Ministries here at CMDA. And my guest is a, a friend of CMDA, a friend of mine, uh, Dr. David Kim. David, thank you. Welcome. Great. Thanks for having me, Bill. Well, um, as always, I'd like to give a little uh, bio uh, for those who may not know you, know what you've been involved with. Um, David is the... Uh, well, he's a physician and founder and CEO of Beacon Christian Community Health Center, which is New York State's first faith-based, federally state-certified, non not-for-profit community health center. You're in Staten Island, right? That's where your right. your clinic in is. New York City. In right. New York City. Yeah. Dr. Kim graduated from SUNY Downstate College of Medicine and did his um, dual residency in internal medicine and pediatrics. You have an MBA in healthcare from George Washington University School of Business kind of wondering if you've gotten any sleep of late because this is <laughs> a lot of uh, incredible things that God has uh, given you. And, and of course, having the MBA has been instrumental in you, again, facilitating the launch of uh, Beacon Health, correct? Yeah. Um, well, we got the MBA after I started the health center. And for a few years, I was realizing that I couldn't speak the language of a lot of financial people. And so, in mm. fact, getting the MBA actually has gotten me more sleep, Bill, than <laughs> oh, okay. less sleep. Fair enough. Um, because, um, you know, it's been able to allow me to, to speak into places where I, I didn't have the language or the skills or the knowledge. So um, it's really allowed us to get into a lot of different places. But in addition to your passion, your heart, your drive to help underserved communities, you have a heart for students and student ministry. And uh, that, you know, CMDA was a big part of you and Janet's training time while you were at med school. Uh, I should mention your wife, physician as well, and uh, co-founder of Beacon. That's and great. Uh, you've been involved in student ministry and mentoring for many years. And we're going to kind of touch on some some questions that, that, that you have offered to students over the years that have been very provocative, very thoughtful questions. And we're going to talk around those and and give the students an opportunity to process those themselves too. Cause these, this is not just going to be our conversation. We want the things that we're going to talk about to be for the students and who are listening for them to take them home with them to, to really wrestle with them and, and think through these questions that we're about to discuss. So I, I am just thankful that we're able to have this discussion together because you and I have talked about these questions in the past. And as we were talking earlier, it's been probably about five years since I've had you on the podcast. And of course, I know we've got, gotten a little older ourselves and our lives have changed, but there's also students who have entered into their training times that have never heard this discussion and heard these questions. And the questions that we're going to raise and we're going to talk around are three questions that talk about identity. You know, there's so many things that you know, we wrestle with in our day and age, but identity seems to be one of the core issues that keep coming up. I mean, Carl Truman in his recent writings talked about the, you know, the individual self and how we try to create identity, you know, our own personal identity measured, you know, against our own self. And it's, it, it, you know, we often hear, I'm, I'm being authentic, I'm being my authentic self. So we hear a lot of discussion about identity in our culture, but we're going to talk about it through a different lens, a different prism. So 
why don't you go ahead and review these questions and let's go through them one by one and just kind of talk those out a little bit. So what are these three questions that you would raise before a student audience? Yeah, thanks, Bill. Um, I think the three questions that you know I've, I've raised pretty much with every single student that I've ever encountered, either in rotation at Beacon or traveling around New York City and speaking at the different campus Christian fellowships, uh, of which there are about 17 or 18 at the moment. The questions are, are sort of eternal and, and timeless because they're asking fundamental questions mm-hmm. about identity. And that's where it starts. And, and these are the same three questions I've asked for many, many years. And so the first question is simply this, why are you a Christian? What makes you one? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and a lot of people are tempted, especially Christians, are tempted to think, oh, yeah, I've got this one down. Of course I'm a Christian. But when we dig deeper into the question, when we do didactic teaching at the health center or when I bring this up uh, as part of a, a seminar or a discussion with students, the answers start to get very interesting because people start to realize that they haven't thought enough about that question. And we can dig into that a little later if you like. But the first question is critical, right? Because that question is really the first identity question, mm-hmm. the, the fundamental identity question. Right. Then once you start to figure out what that question is to you, the second question then is, all right, well, if you, if you begin to understand what it means to be a Christian, then what does it mean to be a Christian in healthcare? Mm-hmm. So if the first question is an identity question, the second question is an application question or what Catherine Leary Alsdorf at Redeemer Presbyterian Church used to call the, the faith and work application question. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, How does our faith, how does our identity shape and possibly even transform how we live, how we work, mm-hmm. you know, how we relate with this world? So that's the second question. You know, what does it mean to be a Christian in healthcare in our particular context? Mm-hmm. And then once you've started to tackle those first two questions, you can then get to the third question, which ironically is a question most people ask me first. And that question is, well, you know, how do you as a Christian sense that you're being called to be part of God's redemptive plan for the world through healthcare, mm-hmm. right? You know, what, what is your calling? And, and, and a lot of people, as I said, ask that question first, but you really need to ask that question after you've gotten a better sense of knowing who you are mm-hmm. and how you relate with the world. So those are the three questions and various sort of permutations and spinoffs that we have made the core of our teaching curriculum at our health center. Mm-hmm. And we've, you know, kind of taken that around New York City as we've been uh, doing ministry around the city. So getting it right first with who we are as a Christ follower. So what, what does that entail? Does that have a better understanding of the fundamentally of the gospel itself? Because you mentioned, you know, you attend Redeemer, Tim Keller, who just passed away, went with the Lord. I mean, he, he really pressed this point so oftentimes of preaching the gospel to ourselves, understanding who we are in Christ, union with Christ. Is, is that the kind of issue you're trying to get at with the first question? I think that's a good way of encapsulating it. I mean, Tim was very big about making sure we knew who we were and who we belonged to, mm-hmm. right? That was that was sort of at the center of every, just about every sermon he ever preached. And, yeah. you know, having been there since it started, you know, back in 1989, I mean, for over 30 years, I got to hear that same message permutated in so many different ways. And the fundamental question is, do you know who your savior is? Mm-hmm. Do you know who Jesus is? Because your understanding of Jesus and your understanding of your own salvation completely informs the kind of work you do and, and the idea of how big you, you sense your God is, mm-hmm. right? Because if you, don't, if you don't have a good sense of how 
big and how close God is, mm-hmm. right? I mean, take a simple passage like the Lord's Prayer and, and the first line says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know, there's a juxtaposition there, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking to our Father who's our daddy, yes. right? And yet his name is so hallowed that people don't even say his actual name for fear of being obliterated, right? right? You know, at least amongst Jewish culture. And so you have this God who's so big and so vast that you can't even imagine or put him in a box. And yet he's so close mm-hmm. that he wants to be your daddy. And, mm-hmm. and if, you, if, if you begin to just understand what that means and how that God of the universe has chosen to interact directly with you, mm-hmm. If you haven't thought enough about it, then you're not going to get a good sense of who you really are because of of that, of that fact. Yeah. I I was also, as you were talking, thinking this idea of that, you know, God in Christ calls us beloved. We are his beloved. And, you know, the whole, the way, the makeup of of healthcare, particularly the training years and even beyond, I mean, we can be so often defined by the last exam we took, you know, and it's very performance and, and we are performing there's there's it's it, there's academic rigor and there's there's work but if our identity is wrapped up in our last exam or our last step or whatever it is it's going to be constantly vacillating it's going to be measured by the things outside you know those things that are capricious and, and ever-changing but but if we are anchored with a true understanding of who we are in Christ and that is secure and never changing that gives us a, a confidence a courage a peace Freedom. I mean, all these things that I think are are going to be so essential to be a Christ follower, especially within healthcare. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that's very fascinating that you mentioned that, Bill, because you know, we we see this in 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 our training of students. You know, even Christian students can get caught in this trap mm-hmm. because the world, and particularly the medical world, you know, as many of the listeners may may know already, you know, we're defined by what we do, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, if you are the head of a department at some big hospital, if you are, you know, alpha, omega, alpha, you know, if you're AOA, if you're, if you're top 10% of your class and, and you've got the residency of, the, of your choice, the directorship of your choice, you've published articles, you've spoken at conferences, mm-hmm. well, then you've made it. And God takes that and turns it on his ear and says, no, 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 no. It's not what you do that defines who you are. It's who you are that mm-hmm. defines what you do. And, and, and this is the challenge for us as Christians because that is directly swimming up the salmon run against the stream and being able to tell people around us, no, you may think I'm a fool for not seeking to be the department head or anything like that or, or chopping my, my colleagues down in order to get to the top. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm identified by something far greater than anything I will ever be able to accomplish in my life. And mm. people have said to me, hey, you, you started a health center. You've done all these amazing things. You're, you're standing as a beacon, mm. you know, no pun intended, in New York City. And I tell them, well, that means nothing. You know, it means nothing mm. because ultimately I want to I know that, that I belong to Jesus. You know, and Tim Keller real briefly mm. said this, you know, to John Piper before he died. He, you know, John... John Piper went on, uh, on on the internet and he said, you know, one of the last things Tim wrote to him was, you know, I don't care about all the other things I've accomplished in my life. What I really am rejoicing in right now is the fact that my name is written in the book of life and I know that. Mm. And, I, and I think that's the most important thing. Forget everything else we ever accomplished in medicine or anything else in life. We want to know that our names are in the book of life. Mm. And if we know that, then nothing else really can sway or shake or challenge us, right? Mm. Because we know where we belong. 
Let me uh, just press one more uh, issue on uh, this first question before we move on. As, and everything you know you said is absolutely true. Although I would say it doesn't not become a challenge to be to remember that. I think it's the remembering piece. The truths are secure, and everything you said is right. But I know my heart is constantly vacillating. Is is you know, um, prone to wander what the hymnist says, prone to w- yep. wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. I need to be reminded of these truths. These, I'm, I'm like a leaky sieve. You, you pour these truths in, and then they just end up leaking out, and, and I just need to be reminded again and again. I think that's a big part of, of really capturing who we are as a Christian is just to be constantly allowing ourselves to be reminded of that through those, you know, means of grace, uh, the Word of God, the community of, of fellow believers. Any comments on that? Yeah, and, and this is actually part of our didactic teaching, and, mm-hmm. and we really try to encourage our students to put this into practice. I mean, it's one thing to know stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one right. thing to, to read this and discuss it, but it's another thing to actually be able to, to live it out. Mm-hmm. And, and I always talk about sort of a three-legged stool of faith and, and resilience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first leg is is just making sure you have your daily personal time with God. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can't know God if you don't spend time with him. So you have to just take the time to spend time with him like you would any good friend that you want to commit to being in a relationship or even a spouse or, mm-hmm. or any other close relationship you have. The second leg of that stool is community, right? I mean, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, you know, tells us that we are to encourage one another to love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves one to another. And... That you know is really, especially in this day and age, so true to be able to be reminded of your identity by people around you who also are just as assured and just as rooted in their identity as you should hope mm-hmm. to be and, and being able to feed off of one another in that. And then the third leg of it is actually doing something about it, the action point, right? I mean, mm-hmm. right, James says the faith without works is dead. He's saying that because if we simply just keep talking about it inside our own minds, but we never actually act it out, then there's really no point to it, right? I mean, the whole point of, of our faith is to have it lived out and, and, and the gospel is meant to be lived out. Tim Keller always spoke about how we need to take the gospel outside of the four walls of the church and, and live it out you know, in, in our families, in our jobs, mm-hmm. in our communities where we live. And so you know, with those three legs, you know, mm-hmm. those are ways to keep accountable and, and also maintain one's uh, remembrances. So that probably helps us dovetail into question two. How do we live out our faith in healthcare? How does healthcare look distinctive, different because of our faith? Uh, let's tease that out a little bit. What, what, what do you think, David? Yeah, so there's a couple of things that, that, that we could talk about. I, I, I guess one of the things that I would would think of is that there's sort of two windows, if you will, that mm-hmm. we can look, you know, through when it comes to how our faith interacts with our with our work and our life. The first is sort of for sort of a half and half internal, sort of immediately external sort of viewpoint where, you know, we think about our identity and we realize, especially if we're becoming more conscious of our identity as followers and, and as sons and daughters of Jesus, that our sense of identity is very different than the rest of the world's sense of identity, Mm. right? I mean, we are in a era and a period of time where there is this hunger, interestingly enough, Mm -hmm. this hunger and desire to identify ourselves that beyond truth, beyond, you know, right or wrong, 
people just want to know they belong somewhere. They want to they want to know that that they have something that they can define themselves by. And the difference between us and and most of the rest of the world is that we don't define ourselves from within ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and as I mentioned before, we don't define ourselves by the things we do. Mm. We define ourselves by who we belong to. And that changes everything in terms of how we interact with people, how we interact with each other, how we interact with God, mm-hmm. right? How we interact with ourselves. It's no longer, well, I've got my own identity and God, you have yours and we're going to figure out where we meet in the middle. Mm. No, it's no, I'm, my identity is in you, God. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I have to make sure that I am, I am in line with what I know I was created to be mm-hmm. and in line with the creator who created me so that I can relate to that creator and become even closer as he would want me to be as his son, as mm-hmm. his child, as his heir, as all those things. So that's that. And that's a long conversation that we could have. Mm-hmm. But that that concept is important because it leads to the second window that I'll describe here. Mm-hmm. And that is how we look at other people, mm-hmm. because if we understand ourselves as Christians who have been made in the image of God, mm-hmm. right? If we believe what Genesis says that that God made man in his own image, men and women he created in his own image, that means that every single person we look at, mm-hmm. whether they know it or not, has been created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And so especially in this day and age where everyone's worrying about what they are mm-hmm. or what sexual or gender identity they have, they need to be reminded or they, or they need to be told if they've never been told before that mm-hmm. that beyond anything else, we're not looking at them based on any of those lesser criteria. We're simply looking at them as someone created in the image of God. And because of that, because we are fellow creations made in the image of God, I need to listen to them. Mm-hmm. We need to understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. We need to try to relate to them, yeah. um, even if we disagree with them. Um, and frankly, yeah, I dare say it in 2023, even if they might be wrong, mm-hmm. or even if we might be wrong, we, we need to figure out how to do that. And that's where the application really comes into play, I think, especially recently, you know, when we talk about what it means to be a Christian in healthcare, it really means to be in a place where we can, through both our words and our actions, tell our patients, our colleagues, our community, and even in the public square, you know, not only that we love them, but that in fact, Jesus loves them. Mm. And, and, and that sounds hokey, but, but when you dig into it, you realize it's a really, really hard foundation you know, nice hard rock foundation mm-hmm. to be able to build meaningful relationships and ultimately, Lord willing, uh, some incredible conversations and, uh, and, mm-hmm. and and discussions about. Well, how important that is in this day and age of medicine where uh, patients are just being cranked through as units and, you know, we just got to accomplish so many of these encou- patient encounters. And the way you're describing it, David, is is really framing it in such a very important way that we are seeing them the way God sees them. We're looking at it through the lens of the Imago Dei, and that is going to build compassion, curiosity. You know, we want to hear their stories. They have a story. Yes, and yes, there's going to be a lot of brokenness maybe in that story. There's going to be a lot of hurt and pain that's gotten them to maybe the place they find themselves today. But God loves them, and we love them because they are created in His image. And uh, and like ourselves, too, we... We're co-strugglers. We have our, you know, by God's grace and through his sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, we are sinners saved by grace. And we're constantly, you know, uh, learning to grow more and more into the image of Christ, not in our own strength, but because of what God is doing in and through us. And so it gives us a sense of of compassion and identity to the human condition. We identify because we we have, you know, 
pains, hurts, desires, hopes, dreams, just like every patient that walks through the door. Yeah, and in fact, it's fascinating. Just recently, I had a, a patient who was admitted to the hospital with a, with a high blood pressure crisis, mm. a hypertensive crisis. And, um, you know, she had kind of had a family background in, in Christianity, but had sort of fallen away. And, you know, she was with a boyfriend. Both of them were, were heavy users of marijuana. And, and that, I think, was playing a significant role in, in just her overall self-care, self-identity, and also, you know, the fact that her blood pressure was going all over the place. So, you know, I see her in the hospital, and I hadn't seen her for a while. And I said, you know, I, you know, I can take care of the blood pressure piece. That's easy. I'll just tweak, tweak your medicines around. But, you know, this other stuff that you're leaning on to kind of make yourself feel better and, and, and sort of escape, you know, who you think you might be, you've got to take a different approach because this is not working for you. And you've got to go back to realizing that the same God we talked about years ago, the same God that your family talked about years ago, you know, who they said loved you back then, uh, is the same God that still loves you now. And, and it just stopped her dead in her tracks. Mm because you know she hadn't heard those words in a while and 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 so it's amazing when people are told that they have been made by somebody who genuinely loved them even before they were born that creates an incredible point of emotional as well as relational connection from which us as physicians we as physicians can can really do what we do best which is love on our patients with both the skills that we have but also with the humanity, I, I dare say, that we've been given by God to be able to say, yeah, you are a human being. Mm. You were made by a creator who loves human beings mm. and loved you enough to make you. And that's powerful. That, mm. that, that changes everything in many cases. Well, let's go to the third question now. Now, you said that so many folks want to jump to the third, start there. Now that we've kind of talked to the first two, how does the third question, and maybe you might want to review this third question again, mm -hmm. how does this third question now get framed differently now that we've got these first two questions somewhat settled in our minds? Right. So, um, and just, just for, for all of you out there, I'm in my 50s and I keep asking myself these two questions at least <laughs> once every other week because, you know, you yeah. always have to sort of self-check yourself. Yes. You know, you always have to re-examine, you know, why, why am I believing in Jesus today? Is it the same as it was before, and if not, is it better, or is it because I'm slipping? Mm -hmm. um, you know, so that's the first question, right? Why do I believe in Jesus? What makes me a Christian? The second question is, what does it then mean to be a Christian in healthcare? We talked about the applications mm -hmm. of our faith with our, with our work and with our life. And then the last question is, knowing the first two questions, how then is God calling me to be part of his redemptive plan as a Christian in healthcare for the world? Mm -hmm. And I tell students that, that you can't ask me that question first. You really can't ask anyone that question first if you haven't thought about the first two questions. Because it's only as you understand yourself better that you can then start to ask God, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you know, I, I liken it to a worker going up to his or her boss and saying, okay, I'm ready. I want to work hard. What, what do you want me to do? Well, the, the boss, if, if, if it's a good boss, is going to look at that worker and ask, well, what can you do? Mm. Do you know who you are? What are you skilled at? What makes you the type of person that you are so that I can figure out what works best mm -hmm. for who you are as a person and, right. as a, and with your skills that you've developed because of who you are? And, and that's why I tell students, you know, rather than worry in your first and second years about what you want to do with yourself, um, you know, what specialty to go to, work on your relationship with Jesus, work on fellowship, work on making sure your foundations are solid so that 
by the time you start to have to make some kind of decision, you have a better sense of who you are. You know, you have a better sense of what makes you tick. What what did God create in you that makes you tick? And then you can say, all right, God, now I now that I have a better understanding of what you've made me to be and who I am in you, you know, I want to start to get a sense of what you want me to do. Show me the things that will help me to determine what you've given me a passion for. You know, I, I ask people to eventually come to sort of a Nehemiah one moment. You know, when when Hananiah comes and tells Nehemiah about the wall of, walls of Jerusalem mm. going down, you know, it's the moment that breaks Nehemiah's heart, right? You know, he had a fairly privileged life as the king's cupbearer, and he, he goes into his room and he cries for the whole night, can't sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, what's that moment for a student? Mm-hmm. Does a student ever have a moment like that? And, and hopefully, Lord willing, everyone who knows their identity in Jesus is going to have a moment where they look at something and they say, you know, this is this is what I will mm-hmm. will will cry myself to sleep over if I don't do something about it because God's given me that desire for it. Well, I also think when you know who you are in Christ and you know that God loves you dearly and deeply, then you can trust him with your future. That you yep. know as he's guiding you and directing you and moving and calling you in certain directions that he desires the best for you. And that's inherent. Yes. Right? That's inherent in in, in what I'm saying because mm-hmm. so many students are like, well, I want to go here, but I'm not sure about the location. I'm mm-hmm. not sure about the hospital training, and I'm not sure about, you know, you know my li- the lifestyle I'm going to have in the specialty. I don't you know. I want to get married, but I don't know if I can. And, 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 and while they are legitimate concerns, I don't want to downplay mm-hmm. them. You know, there's a difference between trying to figure out your own answers to those questions mm-hmm. and letting God sort of help direct those steps, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we know, and, and you know, Tim mentioned it and, and Elizabeth Elliot has talked about it a lot. If you're going to be a disciple of Jesus, you know, you're going to have to be prepared to, to deal with some discomfort, mm-hmm. right? You're going to have to be prepared to, to go through some difficulties because God's not necessarily going to give you a rose-colored you know garden to walk through mm-hmm. um it will be hard because we're we're strangers in a strange land right mm-hmm. we're, we're we're interlopers in this world so to speak and so if we're going to be playing a critical role in god's plan for this world there are going to be times we're going to face tribulation right jesus said it in john 16 33 mm-hmm. right in this world you will face tribulations he didn't say you might he said you will but then he gives the punchline, right? He says, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And mm-hmm. so that's that's the hope with which we continue to move forward and accept the fact that, yeah, all right, we're gonna have challenges, mm-hmm. I get it. And I'm ready to take it because I know where my ending lies. Mm-hmm. I know where the end of the story is. I know that even if I don't personally ever get to see the ending of it, that, that God's already got it as part of his plan. And so I have already been partaker of his ultimate plan, and that's where the glory goes. That's where the credit goes, mm. you know, to the God that that made me for this particular moment for such a time as this. That's a that's a great way to put a punctuation on our conversation. Um, before I let you go, is there? I mean, we've really done a great job of talking around these questions through these questions. Is there anything we're missing? Anything you want to encourage the student who's listening now? How to take these questions and uh, process them? I mean, is it? I mean, I imagine people are going to internalize these. They're going to ask these about themselves. I can imagine too. This would be a gr- these would be great discussions for a small group. I think mm-hmm. talking amongst other people is 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 a, is a way God uses to sanctify us to to grow to sharpen. You know, as iron sharpens iron, so does one person sharpen another. Yep. So 
I imagine there's a lot of different ways uh, these questions can be utilized to really kind of shape and form uh, our thinking and our our beliefs and 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 our and our understanding of identity. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go back to the three-legged stool, right? Okay. Uh, that I talked about earlier. I think you know number one. You know, make sure you spend the time to wrestle with this, mm-hmm. right? You know, wrestle with the Lord on this. You know, do like uh, do like Jacob did, right? Mm-hmm. You know, just you know, go 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 take some time and, and work it out with the Lord. You know, for yourself with the Bible in front of you and and uh, and distractions removed and and just you and Him. You know, make sure you have that regular mm-hmm. daily time. Yes. And then secondly, you know, like you're saying, Bill, share share it with people. Mm-hmm. You know, talk about it with trusted friends, mm-hmm. church. You know colleagues uh you know medical school classmates mm-hmm. that you have a, a spiritual relationship with you know talk it out because mm-hmm. you can't really do this stuff in a vacuum forever mm-hmm. and then you know live it out do something you know learn about you know you know try to explore what it you know what it means for you as a christian in healthcare mm-hmm. um certainly come up to a place like beacon and do a four-week rotation with us in your third or fourth year or, or any other Christian clinic. And there's a ton of them out there mm-hmm. um, through, uh, you know, our sister organization, Christian Community Health Fellowship and others. Yes. Um, you know, there's plenty of places that are trying to do what we're doing up here in New York mm-hmm. um, and, and and seek us out. And, and, and let's, uh, let's have a not only a, a, a discussion about it, but live it yeah. out and seeing patients and being in communities mm-hmm. where this is such a need. That's a great application. And I hope students will prayerfully consider those kind of opportunities. We're going to put uh, Beacon's uh, link and, and information in our show notes. I'd like to put a contact information for you, if that's okay. I, I'm, I know I'm pressing you online right now for that answer. No, but, no, it's but no problem. That's I ask great. that question with the knowledge that you have, you have been incredibly available to students over the years. And I know that's where your heart is, David. I know you uh, really make yourself available. You invest in the lives of students. So I know if anybody would have any questions, you would really uh, invite and uh, enjoy hearing from them. So we'll, we'll put yeah, that Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That'd be an honor. Thank you. Well, again, this has been a great conversation, David. And uh, uh, I just, again, want to thank you. I want to thank you for your, your heart of service, your faithfulness, your commitment to the work and ministry God has put before you, his calling. You've been faithful to his calling. And I know we've, I've prayed for you, prayed for Beacon. I know there have been seasons it's been tough and there have been challenges. But again, knowing that the Lord has called you at a place such as this, at a time such as this, has allowed you to flourish, persevere, and be resilient. And uh, I just want to thank you for your continued faithfulness and uh, continue to pray for you, brother, you and Janet and your family. Well, thanks so much for, for having me. It's, a, it's always a privilege and an honor to talk with you, whether it's in private over Korean food or, or on a venue like this. <laughs> Don't so. get me started. I'm looking forward to go back to Koreatown and have that lunch with you. I still think about that lunch. That, that was. Oh, it, it's an open date. Whenever, <laughs> whenever you're up here, bro, make it happen. Um, but yeah, listen, there but for the grace of God go we, and therefore we'll just continue to trust him to do it and appreciate all the prayers and uh, appreciate all the support. Thanks, David. God bless. All right. Thank you. God bless. Before we conclude our podcast, I'd like to share a couple of things that you need to know. First of all, mark your calendar. May 2nd to the 5th, 2024 is CMDA's national convention in the beautiful mountains of Asheville, North Carolina. 
Simply go to cmdstudentlife.org slash NACON to learn more about how to register and information on student scholarships because we want to make sure that there's nothing that's going to hinder you from joining us this coming national convention, May 2nd to the 5th in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. Also, don't forget if you want to find the Pulse podcast via our video version, you can go to our YouTube channel and that is found CMDA Student Life at YouTube. And we have all of these audio podcasts in a video version right there for you. And to keep up with the latest information and resources, you just need to have the Student Life app. If you haven't done so, download it. You can get it on your smartphone. The app is for both the Android and the Apple. And that will keep you up to date with not only the most important information, but resources that will be right in your pocket. Devotions every Monday and Thursday come out on the app, as well as group Bible studies and the Student Pulse podcast is found on the app as well. So check that out if you haven't done so already. Download the app, set up a profile, and you'll stay connected with CMDA. And as always, you can follow and like us on all of our socials. We're on the Instagram, the Facebook, and X, formerly known as Twitter, finding us at our handle, CMDA Student Life. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of CMDA's Student Pulse Podcast, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Bye now. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. CMDA's Student Pulse Podcast is a production of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast are not necessarily endorsed by the organization. CMDA is non-partisan and does not endorse political parties or candidates for public office. The views expressed on Student Pulse podcast reflect judgments regarding principles and values held by CMDA and its members.